welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by Lines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And it's Thursday and we're back in the NBA after an all-star break that uh, I don't think we really cared much for that weekend. Uh, Had some success in that three-point contest and a couple other things as well. But we are excited to get back into action tonight with an eight-game slate on Thursday for you guys. In this one, we're taking a look at a pretty solid matchup here with the Memphis Grizzlies in Philadelphia taking on the 76ers. We've also got another couple of videos up for you, including our player props that we went really, really hot for you guys the weeks leading up to that all-star break. So look to like and subscribe to that page so you can follow along with us. Also want you to head to thelines.com. That's where you can check out all the great written content we have for you guys all season long and use that odds finder tool that we have up there. Make sure you're getting the best juice back on all those bets you're making in the NBA this season. Nate, let's get into this eight game slate, then talk about our game here, the Grizz and the Sixers. Yeah, the NBA treats us to some good ones here out of the break, including Nuggets plus two at Cleveland. We'll be interesting to see how that one goes, not betting it, but Pistons plus seven at Magic. Celtics have their full squad again. They're minus eight at the Pacers. Uh, the Pels have been bet down plus six and a half in Toronto. That opened at plus three. Grizz, as you mentioned, are plus three or four in Philly. We'll talk about that one in a minute. Spurs plus 14 at Dallas. The Thunder and a pick'em at the Jazz. Blazers plus six at the Kings. With a 240 total there and also 240 total for the other game we break down. Warriors are plus six or plus five and a half at the Lake Show uh, as LeBron and company come back with extra rest. But yeah, I mean, extra rest is also key, I think, for both of these teams. More so for Philly, though, um, because of how much they lean on two guys, because how they like how those two guys are somewhat injury prone and and they, they need them tremendously down the stretch. Um, so you look at off the bat, I do like points in this game. I mean, first of all, it's in Philly where Philly has scored almost 122 in their last 12, given up 117, shoot way better from three. And they've gone over in 11 straight home games, Josh, against not the Orlando Magic. So, I mean, Orlando being a tremendous outlier in terms of how the NBA plays today, um, that's even at a pace of just 96 in those last seven. Um I mean, they are struggling to limit free throws. They're not the greatest rebounding team. So it is kind of a get-right spot for that Memphis offense, which has just been dreadful on the road. Stark home road splits. Their last eight in either location, it's like everything is flipped, except for the forcing turnovers, which they're elite at in either spot. But um, yeah, on the road, giving up 120 in their last eight here, two and six against the spread. It has more to do with Steven Adams being out than their home road splits, but that is also notable is just how they feed off that energy in Memphis. Uh, they've now lost five straight road games without Steven, uh, one in five on the road on the season, seven and eight overall. So they've been able to pull through in a couple home games, but on the road, they've, they've been very not competitive. I mean, negative 14 net rating in those last five with a 121 defensive rating. Games averaging 230, which is exactly what this totals at. So if you're scared of the over, it's because you think Memphis is not going to come along that they're going to continue to score about 108, which they've done in this, in this stretch on the road. But I think with extra rest, you're going to get a invigorated John Morant. You get a healthy Desmond Bain, who's been in and out for a while um, and that they will be a little better offensively. And it's just, it's a matchup against a Philly team that just gets cooked by really athletic, really good offensive guards. Um, These teams met 
earlier this year with no Harden, no Maxi on one side, no Desmond Bain on the other side, got to 226. Um, and last year, I mean, Philly won an overtime shootout with with Maxi leading the way without Embiid for what that's worth. I mean, it does show me that that Philly can score on Memphis uh, for sure. And Embiid, 35 points against Steven Adams and company. He had struggled his previous two against Steven Adams. And, and you would think that, you know, such a physical center, it, it is going to be a big deal. If he's out, Embiid should be able to cook. Um, but yeah, Philly at home, I think we like more than than the total in any direction. It's just for them to cover a pretty small spread here. They've been so much better in the clutch down the stretch. I mean, Memphis is just completely falling apart without Adams uh, and especially down the stretch of games, second worst net rating, third worst offensive rating, but still fourth in pace in their last eight clutch games. So that does help you get over. It's just the fact that you expect a frenetic pace and you expect Ja to be able to knife through a pretty bad defensive backcourt. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I just don't really like points to be honest with this, with you in this one. Um, I don't like the situation for, for Memphis more than I really like anything else. I mean, I'm fine with Philly. I mean, they've obviously been playing super well uh, a month on this sort of win streak. They lost a couple in a row there um, to the, to the Knicks and Celtics, but have you know, won what, like six of eight at this point um, and, and a bunch more before that as well, when they had another five game win streak. So they've, they've been one of the hotter teams in the league and at home, you know, looking pretty good more so defensively to be honest um than offensively as in their last roughly like six six games at home uh that we've been looking at here five games or so that the the score is a lot lower than it's been they're, they're only giving up uh roughly like 107 points per game in their last five at home only scoring 115 as well so a bit lower scoring and if you look at some of the games that they've had at home as of late as well i mean the rockets uh that one went over only because it was a 226 total the Cavs was at 230 but those are two you know the Cavs are, are obviously a much better defensive team as well and then you know against the knicks as well they handled business winning that game handily by 11 keeping them to 108 points. So I just like what they're doing on defense a lot. I understand they suck against opposing really explosive guards um, because of the fact that they've got Maxi and Harden out there on the floor together uh, for a good amount of time at this point, even though obviously Maxi's still running with the second unit at times as well. Um, and if you look at Memphis uh, on the road right now, one in seven uh, on the road as away dogs against the spread this season, just not a good spot for them when they're just sort of, you know, in, in a foreign place and, and their team that they've shown that they'll kind of fold, right? Like if they, if they go down early, they'll fold uh, pretty easily. I don't believe they've, they've had a, 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 a more than a 10 point comeback at this point this season where they were down at any point in the game by 10 points, something I wanted to know about as well, obviously dead last in terms of uh, that one and seven against the spread on the road as well. So they played slowly these teams when they play. And and it's been a bit of a wonky matchup considering, uh, like you said, like Joel had got his last game. Um, There were a lot of guys missing. Ja got his last game. I would still expect a little bit of that tonight. I don't think there's anybody that's going to be able to slow either of those two down uh, on, on each team. But that said, like everybody on the on Memphis is almost everybody except for Dylan Brooks, who loves to be the villain, is the only Memphis player who actually scores more on the road than he does at home. Everybody else is a few points better uh, at home. And that's why they scored, you know, 118 at home versus the 113 on the road. That defensive rating on the road also jumps all the way to, up to 113, whereas at, at home it's at 106, which is pretty much best in the league aside from like the Cavs uh, at home. So it, it, there's 
I don't love talking about the points in this one just because I think it's going to be around. Like, I prefer an under, to be honest, because I do think it's going to be around 225 to 230. These teams play at a 97 pace when they play each other in their last four, regardless of which building they're in. So it's not like they're really running up and down the floor. That's obviously a lot to do with the 76ers, who have been playing faster at points, but seem to, you know, obviously still want to wait for MB to get down there. So if Steven Adams was in the game, I might feel a little bit better, even though he had success against him last time, did Embiid. But at minus four at this point, which I believe is still that's what I was looking at late last night. Yeah, three and a half for the 76ers, four points, depending on where you find it. Um, I, I feel much better about that than anything else at this point with, with Memphis's struggles on the road and Philly's just really hot play on, at home right now. Yeah, I agree, but that's I do expect Philly to, to put up about 120 or more and, and sort of get that total over. Yeah, Memphis has no comeback wins, but they did have that massive comeback in Phoenix uh, just to, to right. tack that in and then almost won that game. But the extra rest is just what you look at with Philly. I mean, not only do they score so much at home, they're nine and four to the over when they get at least two days rest, and two and zero oh on the the rare times they get four days off, which we have here, by going over by thirteen and a half points per game. You also look at the pace in those last couple matchups. No James Harden. Uh, I mean, and he doesn't necessarily increase the pace, but it's his offensive efficiency that is so notable. He's playing really well. He's he looks almost like peak James Harden again, and hasn't really played. Memphis, um, since he was with Houston, he has one matchup with the Nets, but you look at his previous seven against Memphis with Houston and averaged 45 points a game. And Memphis has always been that kind of knockdown drag out, uh, you know, physical defense and, and they have no, have had no answers for Harden. So that's why I expect Philly to have efficiency throughout the game, uh, especially in clutch time. There's a huge discrepancy in terms of their clutch numbers recently. Um, so, I mean, either way that, that does indicate Philly winning. And maybe if you if you don't feel great about the over at, at this total, then maybe you you tease it with the with Philly money line, um, and then you get it down to two twenty five or so and feel better about that. I feel you. I'm I'm just a little bit different. I actually was looking at fading Harden tonight. To be honest, uh, I, I thought about the twenty one and a half points for him. I never want to take under on his assist. I don't know what he's going to explode for like thirteen randomly. Um, but I I don't love twenty one and a half points for him tonight. Memphis is. Solid uh, fourth least points given up against uh, opposing point guards this season. Weirdly, uh, if you want to consider somebody a shooting guard, they give up a bunch more points as it seems like if you're coming off screens around them, you're a little bit more, uh, you know, able to get open. But if you're getting locked up by Dylan Brooks at this point, by locked up, you you know, I mean, fouled a ton and just bothered the whole game. And then you have to end up running into Triple J, who's got the best opponent field goal percentage around the rim in the league and one of the best in the history of the league right now as well. So I, I think there's some good reason to feel like they might be able to stifle this team a little bit more it's just is the defense going to show up at the 106 rating it's it's got at home or the 113 and a half it's got on the road it sounds like you feel a little bit better about there being some points in this one i just like philly so and then the dubs after opening at just plus three and a half are up to plus six in some spots plus five and a half is the consensus number um against the new look lakers who have three games since making this trade and only one with braun in the new pieces and they handled the pelicans but i'm not that impressed with that, considering how bad the Pelicans have been without Zion over the last couple of weeks. They're still, I mean, more when I look at the Lakers, I still see them as performing below expectations in terms of the total of, of being a team that doesn't hit threes, that is good defensively, especially on the interior with AD. And that is how they beat the Warriors in Golden State with a really low total uh, 10 days ago, 109-103. I think it's unsustainable that both teams combine to shoot under 30% from three. 
But the Lakers offense, I don't necessarily expect to just be firing on all cylinders and score 130 with all these new pieces, with LeBron playing his second game with these new pieces. Um, I mean, they they had a poor assist-to-turnover ratio without Brown in that one. And I, on the other side, I mean, the Warriors, without Steph, of course, and, and without Wiggins as well, their offense is very dependent on Jordan Poole and Clay. And Poole was inefficient in that last one. He got 29 on 25 shots. He's really struggled in his career, basically, against the Lakers, um, who, you know, uh, and this is even the new look Lakers, like the last two seasons, 17 and a half points uh, with a 105 offensive rating. So I don't think he can carry this Warriors offense, certainly not the way Steph would. Uh, the Warriors tend not to play great defense on the road, for sure. So I think that's why we both lean Lakers. Um, six points is a little bit for me. I, I, I'm not that confident. I do. Th- what I said to you is that if this is an over game at 239, I don't think the Lakers are covering six points. I don't think they can run away in a track meet, even on extra rest, which is obviously huge for LeBron who barely was able to play before the break. Uh, now we're dealing with a banged up wrist also, as well. So if you want to check that as a box in the under category, don't hate that. Uh, look, the Lakers have been steadily going under when they're in this favorite spot. I mean, they're 11 and five to the under at home since the middle of December, but four and one under last five is favorites. And, and it's like, why are they favored? Because AD's in there because their defense is good. And now these, these trade pieces have actually really helped their defense on multiple levels. Um, and I don't really see it as a, again, like an, an, an opportunity to just hit the ground running when you throw LeBron in there for a second game with his new teammates. Um, so, I, I mean, I lean a little bit towards the under. I don't feel confident about it because Warriors games average about 245 right now. They're only under in their last seven games was that Lakers matchup, though. So, uh, I, I've yeah, I find a hard time feeling super confident about anything about this game because of the, the five and a half point spread. I don't think the Lakers are in that spot where you're like, book it like the Nuggets at home or something, like they're going to handle business. They're they're extremely, uh, you know, unreliable team still at this point, despite the fact they're trying to claw their way back here. And, and the Warriors are the definition of unreliable, uh, except that you know that they're going to give up points. Uh, but if if it does get up over 240, I would lean towards the under. It's just that that's the trend we've seen with the Lakers. It's just they're not getting into these same type of shootout games. Yeah, I mean, this is a new team. It's it's a, it's a new day in LA, and the first new day really was that first game back, or that first game back for LeBron after missing a few, um, you know, after he, he won the scoring title in OKC, then he took like three games off. They got the reserves in there, but they just didn't have LeBron. They were playing with AD, but it wasn't really the same team. I believe in what I saw against the New Orleans Pelicans, who are a really, really bad three-point shooting team. It should be stated like that was a huge reason why this defense looked better against the three than it has all season um for the lakers when they played the pellies recently in that that last game before they came back i mean they they only uh, allowed 48 points in the paint they won the free throw battle the pace was closer to about 100 rather than you know the the 104 they've been playing at as well um you know and and i believe in in what they've got now on defense really and i i've not i don't have the balls yet to pick the 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 under in this game either i just know that Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt being on defense, not to mention Rui Hachimura being on the second unit as a big body that they needed as well. 
all, all these things they needed to do, they did super well. I don't know who to give credit to if LeBron's the GM or Rob Palinka. That's not really what we're talking about here, but somebody needs to be given some praise here for, for taking a team that, that was one of the worst roster, you know, poorly constructed rosters and giving them, you know, help in the areas exactly where they needed help. You look at where they're bad specifically on defense and which areas of the floor. It was right at the top of the circle and it was all over the wing, anywhere inside the mid, around the mid range, 17 feet. Everything that requires guys who are like six, eight and taller and can guard from out there. And that's what they got. Um, even Malik Beasley at, you know, six, four, six, five, still a really solid defensive guard on the wing for them. And, and Jared Vanderbilt is, is the play right there. Like that's one of the best wing defenders in the league already. And one of the most versatile defenders. And that's why in their last four games, even though they've only had LeBron for one of those four in their last four, they've got like the third best, fourth best defensive rating uh, at about 109, which is obviously way better than the 120 it's been at random times throughout this season. Um, the opponent's points, opponents points in the paint uh easy for me to say third fewest that they're allowing at this point which means they're also uh, allowing a lot fewer second chance poisons they're getting back on defense they were uh roughly the third worst defensive team in getting back on the uh against the break they are now seventh in terms of limiting opponents fast break points in their last four games and this is all attributable to having wing players who place really solid defense who run back on defense and who put a focus on it and so I, I, they're going to be able to score um i think I don't know that they're going to hit more threes than they've been hitting. They're at the second lowest clip all season, making fewer than 11 threes a game, which in this day and age is like none, which is why it's second fewest. D'Angelo Russell should help that. Malik Beasley definitely as well has been like better than 40% for most of the season from three uh, for Bees, who's had like an incredible season for him. Um, they should be helping that. They've only made 10 and a half a game in their last four as well. So it's, I'm not sure what's going to happen there on offense, but they don't need it. They just outscored the Pels 56 to 48 in that paint with AD. Um, be, being back out there, obviously LeBron as well, getting down there as well. So I just feel really, really good about the fact that, you know, they're trending completely upward. This team looks a lot more like the team that went to the finals than it does the team that's just been hemorrhaging wins or you know, losses the last couple seasons. Um, and, you know, for this Dubs team, like, I just don't trust them. I'm, I'm not going to trust them. They don't have Wiggins now on top of not having Steph. And really, Wiggins not being there has been one of the more unsung, uh, you know, conversations or at least unspoken conversations. He's played in 37, but he's missed 21 games. And without him, their defensive rating drops by about five points per 100, which can be expected as he's probably their best defensive player at this point. Um, overall, at least, you know, one-on-one -on -one matchups for sure. They need Gary Payton, the second back as well. He's still not in the lineup. So their defense is just rough looking, man. And, and if you want to take a team total on the Lakers, I'd be fine with that as well. Probably, but it's probably what, like uh, 123 and a half or so at this point. Like it's pretty high. Um, so I don't know if you want to take that or not. I'm not really feeling the need to bet on the total. I just know the Lakers are going to win this game. And um, I think they're going to be able to, to hand, I, look, it was a ripe take at three and a half. If you got it right when it opened another friendly reminder to go ahead and be looking at those lines the day before. Uh, but even at five and a half or six right now, like I'm not terrified of it. And I just think the Lakers are a much better team without Steph or Wiggs, especially at home. Yeah. I mean, you are seeing a lot more money on the money line for the Lakers, which continues to climb as well uh and i don't hate just doing doing that with the, with the sixers money line and the other video we talk about and then you get great odds on both really nice. you say you don't trust the warriors i don't i just don't trust the lakers to be firing on all cylinders again with this new team um and the warriors just come with so much variance because of their high volume three-point shooting and it's just like a question of how high is clay gonna get you know, this new look Lakers team, right after holding the Warriors in check, they go to Portland and give up 50% from three and they lose the game despite 
dominating the paint and all the stuff you're talking about. Yeah. Because yeah, they're just they're they're still getting in rotation. But when they're at that championship level, you're saying this is starting to resemble that team from two, three years ago. They win with defense, like unquestionably. So that's why in my mind it's sort of a parlay, like Lakers money line and under. I because if if we get into a 120s game, I think that's advantage Warriors. Like then pools just, you know, feeling himself they're getting there it's free flowing you got DiVincenzo cutting all over the place and suddenly Clay's getting open shots and that's the type of game the Warriors would love to play here at, at crypto and, and the Lakers would probably prefer again to just slow it down play through AD who's not very efficient offensively uh but does you know help take some of the pressure off LeBron who isn't necessarily fully healthy so that's that's just kind of the two ways I see it going is like yeah. Lakers winning in that style or maybe the Warriors do cover because it's it's a freewheeling, high-scoring game. I feel you. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see the correlation there between the Lakers wanting to go a little slower. It's, it feels weird to say. They've been playing at 104 pace at times this season. They've been one of the crazier, faster teams. Um, it's been sort of like Dar- Darwin Ham just being like, look, just go, just, just, just run, because we have LeBron. AD doesn't need to run all the way up the court if he doesn't want to. We've got, you know, other athletic guys as well out there alongside LeBron. Um, and and they, they've, that's been the plan. They also just haven't had any defense. And now they do uh, a lot, 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 lot more defense. So I think uh, I, I would agree with you. I'd lean under for sure uh, either way. But um, my favorite bet, like I said, is, is the Lakers will be able to pull this one out. And if you need to get it down a bit and tease it with a game like the, the 76ers or just parlay that money line, I'm fully with you uh, on board with that to get some pretty nice juice back there. So you're listening to the lines.com podcast network looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top u.s sports books all in one place then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust check out the lines.com nfl megapod as matt brown steven andrus and adam candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate join the coast to coast podcast crew mondays through fridays as nate weitzer and josh lander bring you the best player props and game lines for major league baseball the nba and the nfl and tune in to beat the closing line twice a week as nicole russo mo nawara and eli hershkovich dive into nfl opening lines plus special guests from the sports betting world so subscribe rate and review to the lines podcast network the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and jump into your first NBA play a prop for tonight. Yeah, out of the break, Portland still no Yusuf Nurkic and no Justice Winslow, also no Anthony Simons, but this is really more about their defense being terrible, why we are now calling them Portland, no D, uh, and taking DeMontis Sabonis as somebody who's going to see positive regression in his assists, I believe here. I like the assist more than anything. It's six and a half, even money at FanDuel, or you can add 20 points, uh, but still the odds not great there. The odds aren't great on anything, including points and rebounds, because that's what he's been doing consistently about a 2012 guy since Christmas. Um, but at, at, since Christmas, three more assists per game at home. You love that home s- scorekeeper counting things like when you throw it to somebody whose back is to the basket and then they put it up and they're like, yeah, that's still an assist. Um and he's coming off the, the reason I say regression is he had just 13 total assists against Dallas twice and Toronto at home teams that did a good job on him, obviously, but 12 assists per game, 60 total assists, his previous five home games. And those were against some pretty solid defenses. I mean, you got Thunder, Memphis, Philly in there, yeah. 
Um, and Portland is not a solid defense. They are the worst defense in the league since Nurkic went down and probably before that because he's not that great either. He did kind of get physical with Sabonis, get him into foul trouble when these teams played in the season opener. Uh, so he had a very poor line there. Uh, but his previous four against Portland and Nurk, 21 points, 13 rebounds, six assists, uh, definitely where you want to see it. And, and Portland, I mean, right now allowing three assists per game in their last four roadies, allowing the most points per game to centers, by the way, in their last 15 games without without Nurk and most re- fourth most rebounds. So if you want to take other stats along with DeMont, with his assists here, if you want to get bullish and think he gets 10 assists, plus 625 for a triple-double, not out of the question against Portland. Portland, yeah. I, it's weird because Nurk wasn't doing anything beforehand. Um, they've actually been okay limiting points in the paint over their last seven. I mean, they're still it's like still bottom half of the league. Um, but it's just more of a, a note on how Nurk isn't even really good when he's in there defending the paint, much less when he's not in there. So it's it's not the hugest uh, you know advantage. But I, I do I was looking at Demontis as well already uh, and, and like some of the stuff. Even though his props remain super high, I do like the idea of, of taking advantage uh, of the assist there. I do think he's going to get a ton of rebounds though and bang be able to bang down there. But whatever you want to take with him tonight in, in a game against Portland, who's just I don't know what's happening there, man. Like. Dame's prop sits at like 35 and a half every night because he's just going unconscious and they can't even get a W. It's it's really sad to watch. And then they just trade at the defense that he had uh, in, in Josh Hart and, 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 and GP2. So it's going to be rough for, for Portland the rest of the way. And this is a good opportunity to take advantage of DeMontis there. So uh, I'm going to go to a game uh, where we've got the Thunder here uh, and they're playing the Jazz, who are now one of the worst defensive teams in the league as well. They, they weren't great, even though they added Blocker Kessler in there at one point to, to give him more minutes. They're still bad, man. And on defense, especially once they they made that trade roughly four games ago. Um, Jalen Williams on the Thunder, his prop is at 20 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. I like that. I like the 12 and a half points. It's bad odds. If you want it at DK, uh, you know, it's it's minus 130. If you want it on uh, FanDuel, it's, it's 13 and a half points, but it's minus 104. I would take either of those, honestly. The steals at one and a half steals. He's the only one in the game who's got his prop at one and a half, but it's even or uh, better than even money there, plus 105 for him to get that on DraftKings. Uh, his last four before the break, 18 points a game, five and a half boards. That would get you over that PRA prop already. And then two and a half assists in there. He's been getting the 33 and a half minutes a game. His, his minutes really jumped from like 26, 27 to about 30, 32 in the last like three, four weeks of that uh, before the break. So you, you know he's getting back out there consistently. You can't keep him off the floor when he's averaging like three steals a game over his last like 10 games. Uh, and with a 27, uh, 20% usage rate rather in that time frame, but in the last four, but also shooting 54, 50 from uh, three and 100 from the line there. So some really nice splits, those three steals per game as well. Like I said, Utah is allowing the fifth most points per game to small forwards on the season. They're bottom 12 in both rebounds and assists per game to small forwards. And if you look at that defense over the last seven games, uh, they're definitely missing Jared Vanderbilt, 123.2 defensive rating, fourth worst defensive rebound percentage, leading to the most uh, second chance points allowed, third most points off turnovers, allowing the fourth most three-pointers. Everything I just said is exactly how Jalen Williams scores. He either gets to the rim or makes a three or steals it and, and scores in transition. All things that uh, Utah loves to give up. So it's a good spot for Jay Will tonight. Really stole my thunder here uh, because I'm obviously going to tail on that with Josh Giddy <laughs> and and go one step further to say how Utah has been in their last five home games. It, a 125 defensive rating, even worse. Fifth worst three-point shooting defense. 
uh, allowing the seventh most rebounds and second most assists total. So that's why I'm giddy about this pick. And I'll just leave after that. Yeah, that's what he put. Uh, uh, on the road in his last 10, 20 points, 8.3 rebounds, seven assists for Giddy. I mean, basically, we're on the same game theory here, which is that SGA no longer is just the one-man band. Uh, the Thunder, for a, a couple months now, have been playing really well through these two guys as supporting cast. Giddy is shooting an extremely high percentage. Um, 27% usage rate in those last 10 roadies and, and last time out against the Jazz, a nice 19-7-8 and eight line. It certainly gets you over 30 PRA, 31 if you want better odds there. I do like the points and assists. Uh, because Utah tends to give up tons of assists, as I mentioned, and they were really good rebounding until this last stretch here. I don't know if Jared Vanderbilt was doing a lot of boxing out that helped other guys get the boards. Uh, but yeah, certainly without him, they've not been as together. And you said the numbers against small forwards, even worse against point guards, wow. second most points and rebounds to point guards in the last 15. So uh, take whichever Thunder guy you like or or maybe add them both here in this spot as we try to pick on the Jazz. Yeah, I mean, maybe we, we uh, could have uh, talked about that a little bit better, but I think both guys are solid bets, so I don't really care about taking both of them. Uh, I just prefer uh, my guy Jalen, probably because he's on my fantasy team right now. But let's go back to the well to finish things off today, Nate, and uh, talk about Malachi Branham once more for the San Antonio Spurs. If you don't know, learn his name. If nothing else, he's the only guy out there right now besides Keldon Johnson who you trust to score the basketball for the Spurs. They will once again tonight, uh, as they continue their tankathon, be without uh, Devin Vassell, Trey Jones, Romeo Langford, Jeremy Sohan is questionable. Um, those are four very important guys and four guys that would probably be getting opportunities before Branham, to be honest, if they were on the floor, but they're not. So um, with, with Branham, we, like I said, we were able to take advantage of him last time uh, before we went to the break. He played a really bad Charlotte uh, defense for 23 points and six boards in that one. And if you, you know, you look at Dallas at this point there, uh, if Portland is the trailblazers without D there, then Alice Mavericks without the D as well since they got rid of DFS and Dinwiddie got Kyrie in there as expected 123 defensive rating in those last four since those trades um, and it Branham in his last four as well 20 points a game four and a half boards two assists he's, he, he's getting out there for 33 minutes a game with a 21% usage. I would expect that usage to be even a little bit higher in this one like it was in that Charlotte game where he put up uh, 14 shots but still scored, uh, hit 10 of those for a super efficient 71% from the floor, also 50% from deep as he's got some pretty ridiculous splits right now himself. Um, so I, I think it's a really good opportunity to take advantage of the youngster there who's diesel as hell when he's out there, just looks like already like a five-year vet with that body type. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we took him in that Charlotte game, the last opportunity we had to. The prop was 13 and a half points, and it's the same. Uh, but, I mean, the, the juice is a little worse. You can tack on point uh, assists to rebounds and, and get better odds, or maybe you just want to go one more point because his peripheral stats aren't always there, but he's averaging like 20 points a game in the last four. It was a lot more than 13 and a half, so feel very good about that one. Feel good about... The Mavs, uh, Kairuka, both of them, you know, putting up some peripheral stats and numbers here, too, with the Spurs on the road. I think this one will be somewhat closer than 14-point spread because Dallas just can't defend. Uh, and then still waiting on Maxi Kleba 
And uh, I think the Spurs will find a way to keep it high scoring and, and keep the stats flowing. Yeah, I mean, the rest of the regular season, I don't know what's going to happen. I think Kairuka in the playoffs terrifies me, but they got to figure out how to like stop a nosebleed in the next 23 games or they're not going to have much success in these playoffs. So that's all the time we have for you in these props, looking to kick things back off from the break with a, new, a, a nice start for you guys as well. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. We're coming back to finish the week with you tomorrow. And until we see you then, happy betting. <laughs>